Welcome to Carpe Diem, a podcast about personal finance and everyday life. I'm Jamie Davidson. And I'm Nicole Jackson from Financial Center First Credit Union. Thanks for spending your free time listening to us talk about how life and family affects us achieving our financial goals. Yeah, today is a good day. Uh, this topic's a good one. We actually have an expert in with us today, uh, Mackenzie yes. Cotton. So welcome, Mackenzie. So today we're going to discuss scams. And that's why we have McKinsey here. We joke around a lot about showing our age, but did you know that the odds of being a victim of fraud are high and increased with, as you get older? Oh yeah. So I'm getting Fun older. Stuff. So I mean, I think I, yeah, I might be a, more of a victim of fraud. <laughs> so um, we've got the fact queen over here, Nicole. Yes. Nicole's come, dug up some facts for us today. So Nicole, what'd you find out? Well, to start off with, the most commonly reported category um, is imposter scams for last year, followed by online shopping scams. I tell you, I've gotten emails recently, just all the time. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about this as we go through this with Mackenzie. But you know, like my AT&T account needs to be updated, you know, and it's like, nothing wrong with my AT&T account. So I go up and look in where it came from. It's some rando address and has nothing to do with AT&T. So right. yeah, the scams are out there right now. Oh well, yeah. In 2021, the total number of phishing and counterfeit pages increased one and a half times more than 2020 with a total of 10.5 million. So obviously that's continuing to grow in 2022. And according to an article published February of 2022, so it's only a couple months old, um, by the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, consumers reported losing more than $5.8 billion to fraud in 2021. That's more than a 70% increase from 2020. Well, COVID. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, between that and something else to keep in mind here is this is just what is reported as being lost. A lot of people think like, once something happens, it's like, okay, I'll try to recover it or, okay, that's just my loss. I mean, right. report it, which once again, we'll get into later, but this is just things that have been reported and typically people report large losses. Right. right. And my final fact is according to Experian, credit and debit card account information sells on the dark web for only $5 with your CVC, CVV number. And up to $110 if it comes with all of your personal banking information. So I can personally attest to this one. Uh, in a previous life, I've actually found myself uh, locating fraudulent VIN numbers. But yes, they definitely sell your information there. This is Mackenzie and I, uh, Mackenzie Cotton, who's our AVP of Compliance. Yay. I sort of introduced her a little bit earlier in this segment, and I'm glad we, that you're here with us today to go over all this fun stuff. Not really fun, but it, you know, it's. I think it's fun. It's kind of. It's not fun if it happens to you, but it's fun to know more about it. Right. So it doesn't it happen to you. you. So we're always here to educate. And uh, so, Mackenzie, you came up with five red flags to look out for? I did. There are some different types of scams that can happen. There's more common ones than others, uh, such as the shopping scam. Another big one that we see going on right now is a romance scam. I just met you on the internet and I want to meet up. We're having a great conversation. It seems like you're a perfect person. But there's always an excuse. There's a reason you can't meet up. You have X amount of things that need to be done before we can, or you live in, let's say, Nigeria, and <laughs> you need money to come over here to meet me. Why is it always Nigeria? <laughs> so, okay, I actually know a little history of this, just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> the Nigerian prince dates back pre-electronic mail. People used to actually receive letters in the mail from someone claiming to be the Nigerian prince and send them money. I'm not even kidding, yeah. guys. Like this, this 
it's predated back to That's emails. That's crazy. Right. So yeah, no, I actually just found that out a couple weeks ago during one of my webinars. So going with romance scams and me making a comment like, oh, you seem like the perfect person. Mm-hmm. If something, first red flag is if something sounds too good to be true, it might be. It probably is. <laughs> yeah. right? Probably it is. It probably is. Yeah, the chances uh, you've got a Nigerian prince contacting you, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Or if someone claims to be some type of pope. I mean, come on, guys. One of your first red flags should be, okay, does this sound realistic? Uh, if it doesn't, it might not be. Another common one with this, um, this has kind of become more known, so a little bit more people are aware, is under too good to be true, if someone is saying, okay, if you give me X amount of money, you're going to get, you know, three times that in returns. There's a low risk on this investment, blah, blah, blah. Guys, that's a sign of a Ponzi scheme. We don't do those. Ponzi schemes, pyramid <laughs> schemes, good stuff, right? E, so much, so many fun things. Um, that was also including my webinar, which was super interesting because I went back to the whole backstory of how Ponzi schemes came to be. And that's exactly what happened. People would just invest all this money to this guy and they would actually see the returns. But since they saw such high returns, they would turn around and reinvest Mm. all of their returns Uh and then come to find out, you know, they wouldn't get any of it back. It was a bunch of fraudulent scams, all this, that, the other. So yes, be aware of that too. If someone's like, hey, if you give me a lot of money and I'm gonna go do this and you're gonna get three times back, Please, please don't. And if it sounds too good to be true, guess what? It probably is. Yes. Yes. Very, very accurate. Um, Going back to pressure to send money. So, for instance, if I meet someone online and they're like, hey, send me money, send me money now. And you're just like, and let's say that you think this person is real. You, for some reason, have a valid reason for thinking this person really exists. And they get really mad if you're like, okay, you know what? I I can't send the money right now. I need to wait till next paycheck. Guys, that's another red flag. (laughs) If someone is pushing you, I need this money. I need it right now. I think it's funny because- We're we're, not JG Wentworth, guys. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) I, I think about that because I won't give money to people like family members when they ask. So the idea that somebody online is gonna ask me for money is just, kind of funny, but really it happens to so many oh, people. Yeah. And, and nowadays when you do, like you said, wiring, and you've got the apps out now, the, the Venmo and everything like mm-hmm. that that you can use, oh, yeah. it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper and a ah, big deep breath on that one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, big deep breath on that one. Anyway, so yes, if someone is pressuring you to send money and if they, or for instance, if someone contacts you and is like, hey, I need this, X amount of money to be able to fix your car or something of that nature. Or let's say another big popular one that has recently happened is for business or employment scams. If someone, you know, contacts you, tells you about this great opportunity, flexible schedule, you can work from home, et cetera, et cetera. But they try to make you, and this is going to lead into red flag number three, they try to make you pay for all the equipment up front Mm. before you start. Right. Mm -hmm. Then... Guys, that's another red flag. It's a red flag. That's another red flag. So many red flags. If they, yeah, any kind of anything that requires you to send money up front, whether it is to receive, you know, a certain prize. If you get a prize, it's a prize. You shouldn't have to pay for it. You shouldn't have to pay for shipping, delivery, anything like that. It's a prize. Yeah, the big one is I think is they send you the check and tell you to deposit it, and then send them the money back, and they'll send you the rest of the money. Yes. You see that one happen a lot at the credit union. I've seen oh, yeah. it's not a lot, but I've seen it happen, you know, attempted oh, yeah. to happen. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and those can be so tricky. Um, And then a fourth red flag to kind of keep in mind is if someone is asking for your personal information, (laughs) guys, please don't give people your social. Please don't give people your account number, your credit card number. Because you shouldn't be giving anybody that information Correct. ever, right? I mean, now, I want to clarify on this a little bit, though. <laughs> I had a member last week that was upset because they had contacted us and was talking about their account, and we wanted them to verify the account. Well, why are they asking me this information? Well, because you're calling us about your your, your account. Yeah, right. That- so be, remember, it's if people are calling you that you don't know, never give them their information. But, you know, if you call your bank, or your credit union, you say, hey, I want to talk about my account. You're going to have to give them a little bit of that information, right, Mackenzie? Yes, to an extent. You brought up a great point, though. If someone contacts you asking you for this information, um, please don't give it to them. If you contact your financial institution, they're asking for things such as the last four of your card number, your date of birth, when was your last deposit, standard information like that. They're just trying to make sure you are who you are so that someone doesn't call in trying to pretend to be you. And yeah, they're just trying to protect you a little bit. Um, So just kind of be weary of that. Another great way for people to try and do these imposter scams is through Fishing, vishing, and smishing. Tell us what those are. Um, so fishing in its most purest form is when people, uh, they try to send you an email and they try to get you to, you know, provide information, click on the link and input um, any personal information they can possibly get out of you. And that continues to get a lot of people. Vishing is the same thing, but it's a phone call. Is a voice if you want to think of it that way and then smishing is text message because sms smishing that's the clever way of putting all those things together uh but yes they'll they'll use things like that try to send you links or try to get you uh, if you ever heard of the scam going around if you get a random phone call and they try to get you to say yes or give your name or try to record your voice be wary of that. Right. I think uh, one of the things I would recommend, you know, most of us nowadays have cell phones and we see the phone numbers coming in. If you don't know the phone number, don't answer it. If it's somebody that's calling you that wants is legitimate, they're probably going to leave you a legitimate message. Right. Uh, yes. If the text comes in that you don't understand who that's from or what that's from, just delete it. Delete it. Don't click on it, guys. Don't click Please on it. Don't Please click don't click on, on it. And, uh, you know, I think I sort of said earlier about the AT&T one. Usually yes. is there's something wrong with your account and they want you to give them your account information. So whoever it's from, they're, they're not going to contact you that way. And if they are, it's going to be very official and you're, you click on who it came from. It's going to show you if it came from that, from that company. So be very, you know, diligent on those sorts of things and what you click on. Right. Yeah. And you actually brought up a good point. Um, I was also going to make is if you suspect anything, um, and you know, let's say that this is the only red flag you have and you're like, okay, I'm not really sure who this is from. They're claiming to be from here. Guys, look up the actual, company information and you can contact them that way you can if it's a financial institution go to a branch mm-hmm. and talk to someone it's i right. promise it's, it's not that difficult you if can always hang up and call back I, absolutely and that is uh one key thing to either internally or externally if you work somewhere and someone's claiming to be someone or if you're on the outside and someone's calling you claiming to be someone hang up on them and if you know that person call that person don't rely on that number right mm-hmm. um and I mean, you can give us a password or require a password to be used on your account whenever you call in, and that will help kind of protect it and let you know 
like, hey, this is really me whenever we're doing verification and asking you, you know, that type of personal information. Yeah, investigate, um, validate, and verify, right? There you go. Hey, check you out. Yeah, yeah, I like You're that. an expert too. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, some, sometimes more so than others. It's, uh, yeah, they happen to all of us. And I think, like you said, you sort of started at the very beginning and said, if it's too good to be true, you know, check it out. And, and it's the same with anything else. Uh, you know, I know one of the big ones I've heard of before is where the IRS is calling you, leaving you a message if you don't call them back. Yes. Oh, that's a huge one right now, especially with everything that's been going on with the stimulus checks, um, child tax, tax credits, um, all, all of that type of government agency is going on. You know, we, we as a financial institution, not only here, but worldwide, many of us have seen like, okay, someone's claiming to claim this payment or this benefit, but it's not really this person. And it is, it's kind of scary actually, because those are a little harder to identify if you have someone who is claiming to be the IRS. I mean, it's tax time right now. So be extra weary of that. Um, And then once again, you know, validate it. Like, okay, supposedly that's the IRS. Let me go back and see if, okay, is it really the IRS? Let me get on the IRS website. Because here's the thing, guys, uh, on top of that, at the end of the day, IRS has all your information. They're not going to ask. They're not going to call and leave you a message and ask. (laughs) Right. That's a great point. Um, And that kind of leads me to my last red flag I have here. And if it feels off, if it feels wrong, and you get some kind of tingly feeling whenever you talk to someone and... It's like I don't, I don't know that hesitation. Please don't do it. Go back, double check it, make sure it's actually valid, and then that might prompt another one of the red flags, such as okay, if you start hesitating, you start questioning it, and they start to get irritated because you're not doing what they're asking you. Goes back to the previous red flag of pressuring you to do things. Don't, yeah, don't trust. Do that. it now, quickly now. Yes. The, the, the faster you get it done, the more you're going to get from it. So yeah, always slow down. Trust exactly. your gut. Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of different ones, obviously in the industry, and um, it's just they they come at you all different ways. And like you said earlier, the older you, Nicole, you're saying, the older you get, right? Right. Are you getting older, Nicole? Not as old as you. Have you been getting more the older you get? No, but I, I think to my mom, this happened about a month ago. She had been contacted by by a hospital. Yeah. That she owed over half a million dollars. And she's freaking out. And I said, have you been to that hospital? Well, no. Mom, you, you can't owe somebody if you've never been to that hospital. You know, they're trying to trying to you know get your information and the yes. thing with my mother is they just got cell phones recently so I, i'm trying to teach her like because something comes through on text or somebody calls you doesn't mean they you know that, that you they're legit right so right. It's, it's, it's kind of scary that they're you know that people are in that situation where they have to you know validate those things and oh yeah and it creates a lot of stress what should our listeners do if they suspect one of these things that have, have happened to them that is a great question. Well, the first thing you should do... I always come up with the great questions, by the way. Thank you for I, pointing that out. <laughs> you are very welcome. I've noticed <laughs> that about you. I've noticed it on the previous podcast. You're, you're very great at that. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing you should do is if you catch it beforehand, you're not a victim, but you suspect it, start paying extra attention to the little things. Pay attention to your accounts, right? If you check it only 
at the statement, whenever you receive the statement, maybe you should start hopping online, checking it a little bit more often because the quicker you notify us, yes. if something goes wrong, the better it's going to be for you. Right. Because depending on how long you wait, you could potentially be held liable for some of the unauthorized transactions. And a lot of people don't know that. Um, so always be aware of, you know, your transactions. So start paying extra attention to those. Um, something else is notify your financial institution. Let them know, hey, this has been attempted on me. Um, you know, just, just so you are aware. And then that's where you can kind of look into any kind of fraud protection or identity protection that your financial institution right. offers, like we offer here. Mm-hmm. Um, just to put extra security on it, uh, I would definitely look at changing passwords or your login credentials. Just to, like I said. So password shouldn't be password one, two, three, or three. I highly do not recommend that. Don't recommend that one. <laughs> now, if you fall victim to one of these, the bottom line here is report it. Uh, that, I mean, just let everyone know, your financial institution, your credit cards, debit cards, credit bureau, the police, file police reports to make sure they have a record of it. And right. then that will also help with the affidavits that you have with us or a financial institution yeah. to where whenever they go to try and claim it back. Um, and then the Federal Trade Commission, FTC. FTC? Yes. Okay. That is where... You need to notify everyone as much as possible to make sure people know that, hey, if you get something, like it's like whenever you get hacked in Facebook, right? And you send out that post, it's like, hey guys, I got hacked. It's not me. Yes, exactly. Uh, That's kind of what you do here. Like, hey guys, um, someone scammed me. Like, don't be ashamed of it. It happens happens so much and that's what we're trying to prevent. Right. Um, But we also want you to know what happens if you become a victim. It is super tricky. It's okay. Yeah, and, and they're gonna, they're, they're, yeah, they're out there to trick you. They're always like three steps ahead of us, right? They I, are, and they're getting smarter every day, yeah. and it's a little terrifying. I mean, I just think um, of Catch Me If You Can. I mean, if you haven't watched Catch Me much. If You Can, just yes. watch it. Yeah, that's, that's a great one. That one or uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, but you know, that's it. Classic. That, those are that's art and action, right? I, I mean, pretty much, yeah. So, I mean, that that's that's the best advice I can give to someone. Don't be ashamed. Right. Uh, I, you know, I, I no longer have shame. That's something I've learned as I've gotten older. <laughs> if something happens, I'm like, okay, this has happened. <laughs> Wait, I want to back up, Mackenzie, because you made a comment about taking it to the FTC. And that just seems, is it FTC? Yes, it's the Federal Trade Commission. And it is federal. So it is that just seems like extreme. Way, way too big for me. <laughs> like I'm just this person. So there's has two, a checking account. There, there's a couple of reasons we want to do this, right? So first of all, so that we can keep a record of everything, such as providing the lovely statistics you talked about. Records earlier. are important, right? They're super important because that also helps other organizations, and this is reason number two, such as like the FBI, if there's some kind of serial scammer out there that's, you know, obtaining a lot of money. Um, and they're, let's say they're crossing state lines, which includes FBI involvement from the financial crimes, then they need those numbers. They need to see where these things are happening so that they can also do what they can to catch the person. And so it helps sh- build the case. At, exactly. I mean, that's essentially what it is. And I mean, from every perspective, that's what that's there for. So yeah, even on a federal level, guys. Okay, like, so we're reporting it to the police, our credit yes. union, and the FTC. Yes. 
right. Yes. And whatever you do, guys, whether you're, you suspect it or it actually has happened, change your login information. And it's also very good practice. I'm throwing this in here because I have to. It's very good practice to regularly change your login information, right? I mean, if you work somewhere, they're not having that so, 10, they're going to say, change it every so night. I need to change my login credentials and I shouldn't have the same password on every one of my accounts? You should not have your same <laughs> password anywhere. Oh, please. God. Please. I'm in trouble. Don't, don't keep, don't keep. <laughs> and I, I know I'm repeating myself here. I know many of you have probably heard this a million times. Don't record them. Don't keep them on a spreadsheet on your desktop. What about uh, your phone? That, guys, okay, so here's the thing. There's this really cool thing called a password manager that you can have. You can you can Google up, Google up. Wow. I like that. Google up, gobble up, Google up. Goggle up. No, you can Google different types of password managers that can actually keep your passwords, keep track of them, and better maintain them and keep them secure. What about the biometric thing? What about like- is that, I mean, <laughs> is how, it secure? How safe is that? Because, I mean, <laughs> so with biometric screening, yes, it is definitely more secure than your basic PIN or password, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing with biometric screening is depending on your phone and what settings you have, someone can get in your phone and assign themselves a biometric login. And they will then record because you know how if you go in and you set up your biometric mm-hmm. screening for like let's say a fingerprint and it asks do you want to scan another fingerprint someone else can come along and scan right. their own fingerprint and they're able to gain your phone and a lot of times phones will have alternative ways to log into it rather than biometric screening so it's just something to kind of be wary of and why you don't necessarily want to save all of your information on your phone i get it it's very convenient just be cautious of that if someone takes your phone just or if you lose your phone and you know you have personal information on there your account information like let's say you have your login information saved for your online banking right guys you need contact your financial institution let them know what's going on you lost your phone they have they're probably going to have access to your login credentials and your online banking and they will nine times out of ten be able to help you out with that and make sure everything stays secure very good so yeah, that was, mean, that was a lot of information. You're saying all these things, <laughs> and I'm just thinking everything that I'm doing Guilty. wrong. Guilty. Yeah. That I need to go back after this. I've got a lot to do after. Don't after, look at my phone, this well. <laughs> well, the beauty of it is we're not the only ones, right? right. I mean, you're not the only one that does this, and yeah. it it takes someone to really bring to light what could happen. And, and you know, that's <laughs> actually perfect because that's that's a lot. Mackenzie, and thank you for bringing. I think we could probably do this for a couple hours if we wanted to today. Oh, I definitely could. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so maybe we'll do a part one or part two one day, right? Uh, that was, a, like you said, a ton. You know, a ton oh, yes. of information. Um, so let's review what we covered because that was a lot. Um, so the, came up with five common red yeah, flags. Yeah, five those, common red flags. Um, if it seems too good to be true, guess what? It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're being pressured to send or wire money to fix something. Yeah, don't do that either. Nope. Please don't. <laughs> if you're being asked to send money up front in order to get something back later, yeah, don't do that either. Nope. Um, and if someone contacts you and asks for your personal information, if they're reaching out to you, don't, don't give it. Give it I, I won't give my personal information to my mother. If somebody <laughs> calls me, I mean, come on, guys. If it's not, if it's not your spouse, I don't. <laughs> don't. Right. Oh, see, you include a spouse. I don't trust my husband. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the last red flag that she mentioned was if the situation feels off, trust your gut. Your gut is normally right with that. Yes. Always trust your gut. Uh, and you know what? If you think you've been uh, attacked or 
scammed, what should you do? You should make sure you keep track of everything. Monitor your accounts, your online banking, always check your statements, make sure no unauthorized transactions have occurred. Um, increase your security measures on everything you have, anything that you could have access to, and that includes changing your passwords, your security questions, you know, updating that type of thing. And if you just so happen to become a victim, remember it is it happens to way more people than you think. Remember the numbers we reported earlier, and those are just reported numbers. And with reporting being my key word right now, if you happen to be a victim, report it. Just report it to the police, report it to everyone, report it to the Federal Trade Commission. Let's make sure we catch bad guys. Right. Yes. <laughs> tell. See something, tell something. Is that right? right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Don't, yeah, I think it's don't be embarrassed. Jump on it as soon as possible. Yes. And report it where it needs to be reported. Right. A lot of times uh, you, you you sort of take that pause and as that happens, more is happening. So, so yeah, that's great information, Mackenzie. <laughs> um, <I> really, <laughs> you guys laughing at me? Thanks. You guys, uh, you should, you don't see me, but I mean, I, I think I'm funny. They're laughing at me. Like, I'm a clown funny. What am I, a clown sitting here? Um, so, no, thanks, Mackenzie. In all honesty, this is so much information. And, all, and we're joking about doing more, but there are so many more of these we could do. There's, and and there's so many sections, too. I mean, you, another side you have to think about it. Guys, we only covered scams today. That's not including, you know, and this is even just a portion of a portion of something that's called non-occupational fraud. This is the tip of the pyramid scheme, right? <laughs> We know you really. You, you can laugh at that. Really? Because that was a good one. It's the tip of the pyramid scheme. <laughs> so okay, I want to thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for coming out today. Uh, we appreciate all of the information and your expertise. And hopefully we'll see you again. Um, Nicole, thank you today for everything you've done. Woo-hoo. Carpe Dime is presented by Financial Center First Credit Union. It's produced by me, Jamie Davidson. And me, Nicole Jackson. Financial Center is a seven-time national award winner in the category of adult financial literacy. And our goal is to what, Jamie? Help improve your financial life. To learn more, visit fcfcu.com. Like what you hear, subscribe to us on Google, iTunes, SoundCloud, the All Indiana Podcast Network, and Spotify. And once again... Thank Thank you, you, Mackenzie. Mackenzie. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Stay safe.